Now tonight, I have a message I want to share with you, how to serve the Lord. What does it really mean to serve the Lord? You know, I hear the phrase serve the Lord used a lot just when, you know, people talk like that if you go to church and, you know, once in a while and, you know, you're a Christian, well, then you're serving the Lord. Well, I just want you to understand, scripturally, to serve the Lord means that you've turned your life over to Him, that you've submitted to His control in your life, that you live for Him, that you live to please Him. It is that you have made Him your Lord and Master. I mean, to serve the Lord means that you are His servant. And and I just want to say this right up front now. It's a choice that you have to make. He won't make you serve him. He gave us a free will. He doesn't force anybody to serve him. It's up to you. It's your choice. You have to choose to serve the Lord. 1 Peter 2.16 calls us the bondservants of God. You see, we've we've got to decide that we want to serve the Lord, to be his servants. We owe him a debt. We could never pay. We should live every day as though we owe him our lives. 1 Corinthians 6, 20, you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I mean, when when we understand that we've been redeemed, that means we've been bought. Amen. We've been paid for and we belong to him. But to truly serve the Lord, you got to make a very deliberate choice to serve him. Sometimes I think people, uh, believers do other people a disservice when they just try to ease them into the kingdom, you know, talk them into being a Christian. I know some of you are thinking, yeah, that sounds right. No. No, 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 no. We preach the gospel to them. We tell them the truth. I just want you to hear this. Jesus never tried to woo anybody and talk them into being a follower. He just said, follow me. In fact, if they started making some lame old excuses and stuff, he just told them, you know, this ain't for you. He said, you got to count the cost. There's a cost if you really follow the Lord. And somehow a lot of Christians just kind of leaving that out of the story and they're doing people a disservice. They're not helping them. Listen, people got to make a decision whether or not they really want to follow the Lord and be a servant of the Lord. There's a whole lot of this, you know. You know, it's super easy. You just pray this prayer. That's all there is to it. No, no, no. There's so much more to it. That's the beginning place, but you got to decide that you want to serve the Lord, that you're going to follow him and obey him. You know, well, we'll just tell them about the hard stuff later. Maybe that's one reason that so many of them don't stick. But Jesus expected people to make a choice. He said, follow me. And the ones that did, well... Like Simon Peter said, we've left all. They made a choice. They counted, they counted that cost and chose to serve the Lord. In our generation, it just seems like too often we're just trying to sell Jesus. 
you know. Being a believer, you know, you go to church when it's convenient. And, you know, that's serving the Lord. No, it's turning your life over to him. That's serving the Lord when you live for Jesus. And now, if you've made the choice to serve the Lord, remember, you made the choice to serve him. It's not something that you kind of stumble into, you know, that it, it, it just happened. It, no, you have to make up your mind. You have to choose to serve the Lord. Joshua 24, 14, and 15. This is what Joshua says to the children of Israel after they've gone in and possessed the land, the promised land. He says, now therefore fear the Lord, Serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river in, in, in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day who you will serve. See, Joshua, first of all, he tells them the right way to go. He says, serve the Lord. But then he says, but if that isn't what you want, if you don't want to do that, you choose who you're going to serve, but he tells them to choose. And I'm telling you, in this generation, people need to choose. And I'm not just talking about lost people. I'm talking about in the church, believers. You need to choose. You need to make up your mind once and for all that you're, you're going to serve the Lord, period. And it's your choice. I know for me personally, you know, I grew up in a home where um, we didn't really go to church very much. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I just kind of thought everybody was a Christian. I thought if you were an American, that meant you were a Christian. You know what I mean? I mean, in my little naive mind as a kid, I just thought everybody's a Christian. I, yeah, I'm a Christian. Of course I'm a Christian. What else would I be? But there came a day where I had to make up my mind that I was going to serve the Lord, that I was going to live for Jesus. I was going to turn my life over to him. And there has to be that time in our life for every single one of us that we make a real decision to serve the Lord. Joshua went on, he says, whether the gods which your forefathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And Joshua, he told them to choose. He made his choice real clear. No matter what else anybody else did, he said, we will serve the Lord. And I want to tell you, in the day and the time that we live in, it's really important that you take that kind of stand, that you say, we will serve the Lord. There's a lot of Christians, I think, that do a lot of big talking, but it, when it comes down to them taking a stand, and especially in regards to their kids and things happening on Sunday, et cetera, and Wednesday night, well, you know, yes, I know. You need to take a stand and say, we will serve the Lord. Now, you know, kind of getting into another issue here that I know Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And he is a great example 
of a man who led his home. Parents, don't be afraid to tell your kids, we will serve the Lord. I know all the stories I've heard, you know, well, my parents made me go to church and I hated going to church and that's why I'm not a Christian today. I want to tell you, there's some other issue going on there because for every one of those, there's a hundred who say, I'm glad I was brought up in a Christian home where I was taught to know the Lord. And, and I just, I just want to tell you, you don't listen to this culture. Don't listen to backslidden Christians. Listen to the word of God. As for me and my house, we will serve the, the Lord. You know, the culture we live in, they say, well, you know, you just got to let them find their own way. And the whole time they're going this way, this way, this way. Come on this way. You don't let an eight-year-old find their own way. And you sure don't let a 15-year-old find their own way when they got all kinds of emotions and things pulling on them. You know, things that 15, 16-year-olds experience that they've never felt before. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They need somebody saying, we're going to serve the Lord. And I'm not talking about you knocking them up beside the head. I'm talking about you leading them like you love them and helping them to come to church, and, and but making it firm at the same time. We're going to serve the Lord. Amen. You know, the Scripture says that we're to teach our children. The Scripture. And we're to train them up in the way they should go. So don't listen to the world. Listen to the Word of God. Be a doer of the Word. It's so crazy nowadays that a lot of parents... It ends up being the other way around that their kid has to lead them to church. Now, if you're here because your kids brung you, hey, I thank God for that. I think it's a wonderful thing. But I'm just telling you the time that we live in, a lot of the times it's the kids getting, you know, children or teenagers getting their parents to come to church. Thank God. But parents... If you're in church, you shouldn't make any bones about telling your kid, hey, sweetheart, we're going to church. Pastor. You, you, old pastor, good grief, he's so out of touch. I want to tell you, I'm out of touch on purpose. And it isn't just because I'm old. It's because I hold to the truths of the word of God and I don't care what culture says. And if that makes me irrelevant, if I'm irrelevant to this culture, it's, well, the truth is I'm being too relevant. I'm not just passing it off and going with the flow. And that, see, we need to take a stand. That's what Joshua was telling the people. He said, you choose. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Here's what Jesus says, Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. He'll either hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, money. 
Can't serve two masters. Can't serve two things. And it's not just about God and money. It could be God and pleasure or something else. But you can't serve two things. And Jesus makes this real clear. You have to choose. See, a lot of people kind of ride the fence about some issues. and But sooner or later, there will come a choice that you have to make where either the almighty dollar makes your choice or God does. One or the other. Sooner or later or whatever else you make a God out of or you try to serve and, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to serve the Lord, but I'm also going to, you know, I'm going to serve this too. No, you're going to choose sooner or later. That's what Jesus says. No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and anything else. You're going to choose ultimately what has the control in your life. And when difficult choices come, who or what we truly serve is going to win. So you just got to make a real choice. I'm going to serve the Lord no matter what comes. Now back to that verse, uh, chapter 24, verse 14 in Joshua. Joshua said to them, serve him in sincerity and truth. It has to be real, not just lip service. It's faithful service. We serve the Lord faithfully. In the NIV, it says it this way, Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. See, to truly serve the Lord, it can't ever be part-time. It can't just be when it's convenient or comfortable or easy or when we feel like it. Feel like it. That's a big one right now. I mean, it's not new. It's been around for a while now, but it's big. People just do what they feel like. When you make a decision to serve the Lord, it doesn't matter how you feel. You've made a commitment. That's what he's talking about when he says, choose. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. See, it's a choice that we make Every day we have chosen to daily take up our cross and follow him. There's too many in and out of church. We need to be faithful to come together. To serve the Lord means more than just showing up for church every week. To serve him faithfully, to serve him in sincerity and truth means to live for him every single day. Every day, we should be asking, Lord, how can I serve you today? What do you want me to do? You see, some people only serve the Lord when trouble comes, when a desperate situation comes, and they got nowhere else to turn, and now they want to get serious with God. They want to serve the Lord. Others seem to serve the Lord until... A storm comes, and when the big storm comes or problems come, and they, they say, well, here I am serving the Lord, and now this, and so they walk away. But if we serve the Lord faithfully, we serve Him all the time. If we're not serving Him all the time, we're not really serving Him at all. You've got to serve Him faithfully. In Daniel chapter 6, a story about Daniel here, verses 19 and 20 
Now, this is when Daniel has been thrown into the lion's den. But it says, the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Did you catch it there? Whom you serve continually. See, Daniel didn't change. He wasn't in and out and up and down. He served the Lord continually, all the time. In fact, that's what got him in trouble. I mean, his enemies knew that if they passed the law against praying, that Daniel would be in hot water because he was going to serve the Lord no matter what even if it got him in trouble. Oh, that we would have that kind of commitment today to serve the Lord. That even if it's going to get us in trouble, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to do what God wants us to do. Listen, it's what got him in trouble. It's also what got him delivered. Because the Lord, because he served the Lord continually, the Lord protected him. There's the key to God's protection and provision is you serve the Lord faithfully. I'm going to tell you there are blessings on those that truly serve the Lord that are not on those who don't serve Him faithfully. The root word for serve in the Old Testament is work. Same, the root word is the word for, for work. And I just want to tell you, if we serve the Lord, you know, if we are his servants, we will work for him. We are supposed to be working for him. In the parable of the talents, the Lord says that those servants that took what they were given and used it to multiply it, he says they were were faithful servants. They would hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But then there was a third servant who took what he was entrusted with and he just hid it in the ground. And he made some kind of an excuse about, I knew, you know, he made a false accusation saying, I knew you were a hard man reaping where you didn't sow. But here's what his Lord said to him. He said, you wicked, lazy servant. I just want you to know when we... Truly serve the Lord. I mean, the right way to serve the Lord is that we are faithful to work for Him, to do what He's called us to do, to use what we've been given, to make the most of every opportunity to serve Him and to work for Him. Be busy about the Master's business. What are you doing with what God has entrusted to you? Next, we serve the Lord with passion, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Romans 12, 11. We should give the Lord our very best. I mean, whatever we do, we ought to do our very best all the time, but especially when it comes to the Lord. You know, I suppose some people uh, probably tip the same at a restaurant, no matter what their service is like. 
but I don't. I tip according to how hard that waitress or waiter works and the service that I get. And, uh, and I will say, I kind of have a bottom, a bottom line. I won't go any lower because I, I do want to be gracious to those that don't deserve it. But when somebody works hard, it matters to me. And I, I remember years ago, um, we had this waitress that we especially liked. When we went to this restaurant, we would always ask for this waitress because she was so quick to bring us our, our water and take our order and just take care of everything. And, um, you know, it, it was amazing. Like, it, I mean, when you drink hot sauce like I do, you need your water refilled a lot. And it was amazing. Like, uh, if, if, she, if, if she knew that I needed water, she would walk to the back and come right back out. Weird phenomena. I mean, how often do you see that happen in a restaurant? Y'all go to restaurants? I mean, there have been times I went to a restaurant and I thought our waitress must have been abducted by aliens. It's like, where'd it go? What happened? But... I enjoyed tipping that waitress 25 or 30%. I mean, there have been a few times we tipped a waiter or waitress 100% just because we appreciated their hard work. But I, I'm just saying to you, though, that in, in what we do for God, shouldn't we want to do our very best that we're doing it? You know, we're doing it as unto the Lord. Whatever we do, we're doing for Him. And I'm telling you that God blesses us when we have a fervent spirit. We just need to be passionate about the work of the Lord. You know, when we serve the Lord, you give it all you got. Don't do anything halfway for God. People do their best at their job or their hobby and their pleasure and give God what's left. No, you give Him your all. Colossians 3, 22 through 24, bond servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service. See, you ought to do a good job at work as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for the, you serve the Lord Christ. Everything we do, we ought to do heartily unto the Lord, but especially what we do for the kingdom. It's sad to me that some people can't understand that the work of the Lord changes people's lives. And not only that, it changes their eternity. Now, sometimes, you know, what we do for God, we may feel insignificant. We may think, well, it doesn't matter if I do that. Listen, it takes a whole body. Each one of us has a place in all of us, as we do our work, the Bible says that the body of Christ is built up. We need to realize that it does matter in people's lives. It does make a difference. You know, I've had the privilege of leading some people to the Lord. And did you know that almost every time I led somebody to the Lord, somebody else, and sometimes a lot of somebody else had done the work and I just got to do the fun part. 
So, you know, when, when you think it doesn't matter what you do, it absolutely does. And we just, whatever we do, though, we need to do it to the very best of our ability. No matter what else we do, no matter how important other things may seem, they all pale in comparison with the Lord's work. When this life is past, only what's done for Christ will last. I don't know why there's people in the body of Christ who don't want to work. It's a strange thing to me. It's not really a new problem, though. As Jesus told the disciples, the harvest is great. People always want to act like it's a bad harvest. That's not in the Bible. The harvest is great. The laborers are few. The workers are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest will send workers into the field. And I'm just saying we need people to be workers in the field. We need people that want to serve and that want to, you know, do something for God and help reach other people. But the mentality of this generation, you know, in the workplace a lot of times is just do as little as you have to in order to keep your job. And I think sometimes that kind of comes into serving the Lord too, that, well, you know, we don't really have to do that. No, we ought to do our very best always, being fervent in spirit. I've told this story not that long ago, but I'm going to tell it again just because it illustrates it so well. But I, I remember years ago, we had a young man that wanted to go to youth camp and he needed to earn some money. And so we put him out in the church uh, yard out in the flower bed to hoe some weeds out of the flower bed or the shrub bed. And I remember walking out there to check on him and he is lifting that hoe with one hand and he'd drop it and pull it. And he'd lift it again, and he'd drop it and pull it. I mean, besides just being stinking lazy, you know, and I, did, I didn't want to pay him nothing. But what really got me is how miserable he was. I mean, it was like watching a slow death. I never saw anybody more miserable than that. There's no joy in that. Now, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you about somebody else that's on the other end of the spectrum that had a fervent spirit all the time, and that was former pastor Harold Nichols. Some of you knew him, say amen. amen. There's never anybody that worked harder than that man, a faithful servant that worked hard every day and acted like he liked it. He just did anything that needed to be done. I mean... He would see something that needed to be done and he'd be doing it while other people just trying to decide whose job it is. He couldn't hardly stand to walk by something that needed to be done. If he saw something that needed to be done, he just went and did it. I remember right before I came back to Grace as pastor, I came to preach one Sunday morning and we walked out in the church hall and there's a couple of men there and they're just, just a frantic. Oh, well, toilet is overflowed in the women's restroom. We've got to find so-and-so to get it cleaned up. Grown men, we got to find so-and-so to clean up this toilet overflowed. 
Well, Brother Nichols just ran and grabbed a mop, and he's in, here's the 84-year-old pastor is mopping in the women's bathroom while these guys are off looking for so-and-so. I took that mop away from him. I said, I know how to operate one of those. Give it to me. But that's, that was the kind of person he was, always working hard, whatever needed to be done. Do you know what? That's the way we all ought to be. Doing our best for the kingdom, for the church, for the Lord. Stir ourselves up with a fervent spirit. There's so much at stake. How could we do any less? He deserves our best. Next, Psalm 102 or excuse me, 100, verse 2, says, serve the Lord with gladness. It's our choice to serve the Lord. Why would anybody not be happy to serve the Lord? You know, we, we serve the Lord, we need to keep our attitude right, and we all have struggles and go through difficult times, but we can't allow that to steal our joy. We're serving the Lord. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. So don't serve the Lord with the long face, you know, being grumpy. Listen, I think grumpy, long face, lemon juice drinking Christians keep more people out of the kingdom than drug dealers. Nobody wants that. We're supposed to be joyful, serving the Lord with gladness. I know we, we all go through hard times. We get discouraged sometimes, but some Christians just are miserable all the time. And I'm just telling you, we got a lot to be joyful about. You decide to serve the Lord, be happy about it. Nobody's making you serve him. So if you're going to serve him, be happy about it. How insane is it that the children of Israel, after 400 years of miserable slavery in Egypt, the Lord delivers them, and then they want to go back because they decided it's hard out here in this wilderness. We just want to go back to Egypt so we can have some leeks and onions. What a reproach to the Lord. Don't allow yourself to grumble and complain. You know, when the Lord told the children of Israel that if they served him, uh, he would bless them, he also told them that if they disobeyed him, and didn't serve him, that they would be cursed. And I'm going to read to you from Deuteronomy 28, 47, and 48. And there's a reason I want to read this. And, and, and let me, well, let me just say this first, okay? I'm so glad that we've been delivered from the curse of the law. That's what Galatians says. We've been delivered from the curse of the law. I want to acknowledge that. I'm saying that right up front, but I still want to read this. Listen to this. He says, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart, for the abundance of everything. Therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, and in need of everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. I'm so glad we're not under the curse of the law. 
But the reason that I wanted to share it is because I wanted you to see from this passage, it just makes it so clear how foolish it is to not be joyful and glad to serve the Lord. He's so good to us. And we ought to every day serve him with joy and gladness of heart. And then also, it just shows us how much the Lord hates it when we grumble and complain and act like we're doing him a favor to serve him. We're blessed. And listen, if you don't feel that way, maybe, maybe part of the issue is right here. You need to make up your mind. You're going to serve the Lord with joy and gladness and get it turned around. And I'm, I'm going to help you tonight. It'll be the word of the Lord will help you tonight if you'll receive it. Psalm 122, verse 1. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad. I was glad. How is it that the enemy, Satan, the master deceiver, has convinced people that going to the house of the Lord is a burden. The psalmist said, I was glad. I want you to know, I'm glad when it's time for church. I'm glad that we get to go to church. I've, ever since I turned my life over to the Lord, I've been glad to go to church. I don't understand. All I know is that people get deceived. They think somehow that it's a burden, like serving the Lord is a burden. You know, go to a prayer meeting, a small group, well, that's just a burden, just another thing I got to do. Serve the Lord with joy and gladness. <laughs> Here's what they say nowadays. This is so weird to me. We don't have to go to church. There's so many things wrong with that. But here's the biggest thing. Have to? Have to? Who said you have to? You get to. Who doesn't want to come and worship the Lord? Who doesn't want to come and get together with God's people, our brothers and sisters? Who doesn't want to hear the word of the Lord that might change your life, might be just what you needed? It's so weird to me. Have to? That is bizarre. Is, why is that even an issue? Well, I don't have to. I'm going to tell you this. They're not really serving the Lord with the whole heart, and at best it's lukewarm. I love you. Some of you hating on me right now. You think I'm wrong. You pray about it. I want to tell you, there's nothing more miserable than being miserable because you have to go to church. Good grief, have to go to church. I love to go to church. I love to go to church to worship. I know there's times, listen to me, I know there's times, and if you're watching online right now, I know there's times when someone can't be here and they watch online, and I thank God for that. I really do, from the bottom of my heart. I'm thankful for that, and I, I appreciate that. And, you know, if you can't be here and you're watching online anytime, listen, praise the Lord. I'm glad for that. But if I cannot understand why somebody who's been redeemed by the blood of Jesus wants to just stay home and not go to church. I don't understand. 
been there, done that. I told you I grew up in a home where we hardly ever went to church. But once I turned my life over to Jesus, I'm going to church every time, every single time. And it doesn't matter if I'm the pastor or not. There's been some times I wasn't, I wasn't employed at a church. I want to tell you, we went Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and every other time. We started going to a church. For six months, we went to this church. They had two services on Sunday morning. We were there for both of them every Sunday. They eventually hired me. <laughs> they figured out I wasn't going to leave unless they just went ahead and hired me. So, Acts 2.46 says this about that early church. It says, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. It's no wonder that early church was booming. Now, we know this. Money can't make you happy, really. Other things can't bring you lasting joy, but serving the Lord can. Bring it, he, he can bring you joy and gladness every day. But I just want to, I talk about these kinds of things a lot, but it needs to be said, you got to watch your thoughts. Because if you start thinking wrong, you'll end up being one of those grumpy Christians. You'll end up with a complaining negative attitude. You got to keep your, your thoughts right and just remember how good the Lord is to you. But you set your affection on the things above, not on the things on the earth. You know, I have to tell you, Brother Nichols was also a great example of somebody that served the Lord with gladness. This was just one of his strengths. He was always singing. It's scriptural. This is one of the things that really bothers me in church right now is that a lot of people don't sing. They don't even sing in church. And don't be upset with me. I'm trying to help you. Listen, if, if, you, know, if you sound like, like a sick cow when you sing... Well, you don't have to sing loud. You know what I'm saying? But you can kind of sing soft under your breath or something. And we keep the music turned up pretty loud so hopefully people don't hear you. But sing. You need to sing. It's scriptural. The Bible says come into his presence with singing. We're supposed to sing, but not even just at church. You need to sing. Amen. I remember being about 14, riding my horse one day and singing, and I thought, you know, that sounds really bad. But you know what? It doesn't matter. You need to sing to the Lord. And here, here's the scripture I, I want to give you. There's a lot of them, actually, but Ephesians 5, 19 and 20, it says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It, you know, Brother Nichols, he was just that way. He was always singing no matter what he was doing. I mean, I, 
meet him coming down the church hall so many times and he's singing some song about life's sinking sun is sinking low a few more days and I must go I don't even know the songs he sang a lot of them were real old but he was just always had a song singing and making melody in his heart to the Lord doing exactly what that verse says serving the Lord with joy and gladness Carmen said that uh, when she was in the high school band, her mom and dad took a turn at working in the concession stand. And she said that later, everybody was talking about how her dad was singing the whole time. Here he is in there, you know, getting people's Cokes, getting their food, and he's just singing away. But she said he probably wasn't even aware he was doing it because he just did it all the time. I want to tell you that's the way it ought to be, that we always got a song singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, that we're a joyful, glad people, not complaining, but always happy to be serving the Lord. You know, one of the greatest blessings of serving the Lord is that when you allow him to be in control of your life, he takes control of your life. He's your Lord, and you know that everything's going to be all right. He's going to bless you. He's going to show you his favor and goodness some people act like it doesn't matter if we serve the Lord. Oh, yes, it does. Malachi chapter 3, the Lord rebukes people for not tithing. He says, you've robbed me and tithes and offerings. And the reason they didn't shows in their attitude and their words. After he rebukes them, this is what he says to them in Malachi 3, 13 and 14. He says, your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said it is useless to serve God. Now, you know what? There may, there may be, you know, well, let me put it this way. Maybe, maybe we've never said those words, but I'm telling you there are a lot of people that have had that attitude in their heart. They're serving the Lord or going to church, at least to some degree, serving the Lord, and things aren't going well, and they look over at their, their unbelieving neighbor, and they think, well, you know, I'm not any better off than them. It, it's, it doesn't matter if I serve the Lord. What difference does it make? That's exactly what the Lord is talking about here. He said, you've had harsh words against me. You said it's useless to serve the Lord. Well, we need to remember how good it is to serve the Lord. We all go through some hard places. You may be tempted to think the Lord has let you down, but He is faithful even when we are not. We just have to stay faithful and we'll see His blessing. What a joy, what a blessing. How good it is to serve the Lord. How do you serve Him? This is the last one. You serve Him with all your heart and soul. Deuteronomy 10, 12. Now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in His ways and to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? You know what? That's the way it has to be. Nothing held back. But you have to decide. You know, we ought to be content, the Bible says, materially. Be content with such things as you have. But we ought to never be content, satisfied with where we are spiritually. We ought to always want to be closer 
We want to serve Him more. To do our very best to be fervent in spirit. I just challenge you tonight to make a choice, make a decision. And I know probably everybody in this room at some point, we've made a decision before, but I just challenge you fresh and new to make a decision. You know what? I'm going to serve the Lord with all my heart and soul. Stand with me. We're going to pray.